I'm going to tell you. Who knows the first two laws that Hitler implemented? Hitler, first two laws that Hitler implemented that not only not only put him in a different status than everybody else for the rest of history, but also made what's called until this day the biggest financial miracle in history. Who knows the first two laws? Before the Nuremberg laws. Before that, we're talking about years before it. Hitler first comes into power. What's the first two laws? Okay, I'll save you the time. Rule number one. No more pornography. No more homosexuality. None of that garbage. Not allowed. Berlin, in the 30s, in the 20s, was the Sodom and Gomorrah of the day. They were the Las Vegas of the day. They were the Sodom and Gomorrah of the day. Homosexuality, pornography, all the bestiality, all the garbage of the world, that was the capital of the world. He outlawed it, you're no longer allowed, closed all the bars, all the gay clubs, all the production, which were all run by Jewish people, unfortunately. Second rule. What's the second rule? Second rule was, you're not allowed to charge interest. No more interest. Now you would think, why? What does he care about interest? Well, because all the people that had the money, that lent the money out, were Jews. He didn't like it. So he said no more interest. Why? Because of the high interest that the Jews charged people was so high, it ruined and destroyed the economy in Germany. They destroyed, just like they destroyed Russia a few years before that, through their communism over there. Jews destroyed Russia. Not, uh, not Green. Jews destroyed. Communism is by Jews. Well, don't let anybody confuse you. You look at history, Karl Marx, all the other Rishayim, they're all Jews. Wicked, but nonetheless Jews. They destroyed Russia, and he wrote in chapter 2 of Mein Kampf, they destroyed Russia, now they wanted, they're destroying uh, Germany, that's why I have to destroy them. Now, this doesn't make he's right, the point is, that's actually real true history. Now, he saw that the Jews are controlling the financial system, and they're charging such high interest, they destroyed the German economy, to the extent that by the time you arrived to go to the store to buy, to buy bread, you had to take a whole horse carriage full of money. By the time you arrive at the store, it wasn't enough. Why? Because the inflation rate was so high. The bread became so much more valuable and your money went down. So now he says, what's this, the cause of this? Because nobody could afford to do anything because the interest rates are so high. So he decided no more interest rates. You're not allowed to charge interest rates. And at that time, the Great Depression was happening around the entire world. Everyone was in a financial collapse. America was a financial collapse. England was a financial collapse. Everybody else was collapsing. Germany collapsed worse than everybody else. But after he passed this law of no more interest, within six years, six years, Germany became the leading wealthiest economy in the world. They called it a financial miracle. Why? They were the only ones that were bold enough to stop interest. This is one of the biggest reasons of why he hated Jews. Because they destroyed the economy because of their greed. Rabotai, it's not making him right. Don't let this uh, confuse you. But this is happening again. The cash advance business right now is destroying the economy in America. Why? Because all of the people that are defaulting, all of the people that are being stolen from, guess who they are? Small businesses. Small businesses are what build economies, not big businesses. Coca-Cola, Apple, Google, Amazon, all those big companies, they're good for business, but they're not the economy. 
what makes an economy an economy, what makes an economy prosper, is when there's small businesses starting and small businesses flourishing. Because they are the ones that actually hire the most amount of people. If you have small business grow, your economy grows. You have small business decline, your economy declines. I was in the financial business for 20 years. This is one thing you can't challenge. Now, when you have an industry that their number one objective, directly or indirectly, is to destroy small businesses, guess what? This is happening again. And you'll see, nobody listens to me, nobody listens to the Torah, nobody listens to history, and everybody ignores it. This is gonna be a huge blow up to the extent where you can see how Edom, just like the Torah says Edom, it's gonna come back again, Edom becomes America. Edom becomes America, why? Because it, America is Edom after all. But you'll see what happens. And you'll see that all of a sudden the six million Jews that are in America, that feel comfortable, that are sometimes in government, that are sometimes in politics, that are running big businesses, and so on and so forth, guess what? Same exact thing happened in Germany. We were in politics, we were in business, we were prospering, we were great. In Germany, same exact thing. In Greece, same thing. In Rome, same thing. In Egypt, same thing. But guess what? We get greedy, we get sinful, we get become reshaim. What happens? Hashem says, oh, you want to be reshaim? I'll punish you. With what? With the same goy that you wanted to become like. And this, Rabotai, is what's happening under our noses. And unfortunately, this, I don't know whether the gdolim that we have in this world today are unaware or nonchalant. I'm not really sure. All I can tell you is, I've had in my career five times, five, maybe six times, where I had a ha-ha-ha moment. Meaning, I saw something, to me it was clear as day. I knew this deal was going to work out. I saw a stock, it was $4, I said this is worth 32 How long? Two, three, four years. It's going to be 32 Sometimes it happened faster, sometimes longer. Five times in my career, certain things like that happened to me. This, for sure, is an aha moment. Unless the government, actually, by chazdeh Hashem, by mercy of Hashem, interferes with that industry and completely ruins it, we will see a holocaust starting from this business. So let me explain to you. I was in, I, I was, I was in the, uh, I'm an honest person, so I don't, I don't beat around the bush. I'm gonna tell you things as they are. I was on Wall Street for 16 years. I had a, my own firm. I know a little bit more about the financial business than any rabbi in the world. Why? I was on Wall Street. I, I, before I was a rabbi, I was on Wall Street. I had a firm, I had a brokerage firm, I had a hedge fund, I had an insurance company. Baruch Hashem, I was an executive. I was on CNBC, I was on Bloomberg. I was somebody. I was somebody. It wasn't like some guy that worked at uh, Merrill Lynch made $100,000 a year. You did an $85,000 deal, well, you lent somebody $85,000. I made $1.6 million for myself in one day. So there's a little bit of experience that came with it to get to that point. Now, so what I'm trying to explain to you is that it's not a matter of what's the deal, what's the profit, what's the commission, what's the company, what's the industry. It's a matter of what's right, what's wrong, what's allowed, what's not allowed. Now, a Jew first and foremost, is never allowed to lend another Jew money with interest. Now the exception is, is if the Jew that's borrowing the money is a Mechalel Shabbat, you're allowed to charge him interest, but they still do not recommend it, because if that Jew does tshuva, you have to pay him back all the interest. But needless to say, you're not allowed to lend the average Jew that keeps Shabbat money and charge him interest. That's rule number one. 
So that means that any Jew that you deal with, even if you don't know he's a Jew, which most likely you'll run into, because sometimes John Cohen is a Jew, John Cohen is not a Jew. So you're not really going to know, it's not on the application to say, Mr. John, are you a Jew or not? You're not allowed because they'll put you in jail. So you don't know if he's a Jew or not. So that means that every day you have a 50-50 chance of losing Olamaba. Every day. Who wants to be in such a business? That's number one. Number two, even if you only deal with Goim, you're still not allowed to do something called usury. Usury is overcharging and lending money in such a way or doing business in such a way where it hurts the public. When you charge somebody an interest that is drastically above the norm, the norm being bank rates, regular bank rates, and what's legally allowed according to the law, when you charge them such an interest rate that it becomes very difficult to the extent of almost impossible for the average person to pay it back, you are now in a business where you're taking advantage of people. If he can go to Wells Fargo and get the same loan for 8%, and you're charging them 80%, it doesn't matter that you're not 300%. Even if the average was 8, and you were 15, you are in a problem. Even if the average was 8, and you are 30, you are in a problem. It doesn't have to be 300. 300 just means you're just a psychopath. 80% is still highway robbery. 80% is still against halakha. Still not allowed to do it, even for goyim. Why? Because it's usury. But even more so than anything else that I've just said. When this is eventually exposed... To the public, it will lead every single member that works for these companies, even as a clerk, even not as a broker, a clerk, a secretary, a janitor, works for ABC Lending that does cash advance when it's sufficiently disclosed to the world, because Hashem is going to do that. Guess what? Chilul Hashem. And any single person that's involved in Chilul Hashem, the Rashid Chochmah says what the Gemara in Masechet Rosh Hashanah, page 17a says, he goes to Gehenom and he doesn't leave, ever, even after Mashiach. So why would anybody want to associate with even 1% of anything I just said? The lending, the taking advantage, the Chilul Hashem, uh, the usury, the unethical, even the rabbi that you said that, they, oh, you really shouldn't do it, but yeah, you, you can. What kind of rabbi is that? It's a puppet. You have to find yourself a real rabbi It's going to tell you, not allowed. No, not recommended. Not allowed. Not allowed. That's what it is. Not allowed. You have to quit tomorrow. Go, how about this? Do yourself a favor. Go on Bloomberg. Bloomberg. Go on Google. Go on Bloomberg. You look at Cash Advanced Business. It's a five-part article explaining the entire industry field. Everything I just said with a little bit of uh, sugar on it. Everything I just said without the Torah part, I'll tell you exactly about all the criminals that are in the business. Unfortunately, what one thing that we know, I know personally, that the article doesn't know as much, is that predominantly, the people that are in this business are guys that used to be in the brokerage business that went to jail, criminals, thieves, psychopaths, mafia, but predominantly, it's Orthodox Jews. Predominantly, it's Orthodox Jews funding it, selling it, and you have even yeshiva kids that have no skills whatsoever, going into that business and starting to make ten, twenty thousand dollars a month without even knowing what to do. Why? This is much worse than the boiler room days of the stock market business was 30 years ago. Because back then, 30 years ago, when there were unethical brokers in the world, you still had to have selling skills. Why? Because at the end of the day, the guy is giving you money. And you're giving him a dream. 
here, you're the one giving him the money. There's no selling. You don't have to do anything. Why? He's the one calling you, asking you, please lend me money. He doesn't know that he's signing a death sentence. He doesn't know that he's about to lose everything he has if you're crooked, if you wink the wrong way, if you have a bad memory, if your alarm doesn't go off. He doesn't know any of that stuff. He thinks, no, you're Joe, my friend. Joe calls me every Tuesday until we close the deal. Guess what? Joe's no longer in a deal after you sign. The broker's no longer in a deal. You call him after the COJ, COJ is being implemented. Joe doesn't pick up the phone. Why? Joe's not in control. He's just a broker. He got paid his commission. Rabotai, if you are in this business, if you know somebody in this business, and you don't hate them, and you don't hate yourself, you have to send them what I just said, and you have to get them out of that business no matter what you have to do. If you love Jews, you have to let people know this is going to bring an ason to Am Yisrael. It's going to bring a disaster to Am Yisrael. It's going to bring a disaster no different than the Holocaust. Yeah, man. That's it. All right there. You know who it is. Michael Ninja. Dropping that sound bite just for you. You heard it straight from the horse's mouth. Whether you like it or not, that is what it so is. So there you have it, fam. Rabbi Yorin Rumvin.